place. So we receive it right now in Jesus' name. God, everything that we need, God, is in you. And God, you have given it to us, God, through your son. So we thank you and we praise you on today that we have everything that we need. God, we don't have to be beggars, God. We just accept, God, what you have already provided. We just honor you. We glorify you right now in Jesus' name. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I command healing throughout this room right now in the name of Jesus. God, I command healing from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Every tissue, every organ, every cell, every vital sign, every vessel in our body, God, is whole right now in Jesus' name. God, in you there is nothing missing and nothing broken. So, Father, I thank you that on today you're getting the glory. You're getting all the honor. You're getting all the praise in this place. God, we just thank you and we praise you, God. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for being my helper today. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Leviticus, the 17th chapter, verse 11. I believe God got a word for his people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we honor your word. We believe your word, so we receive it right now in Jesus' name, because your word is true, God. Hallelujah. Sanctify them today in truth, God, in Jesus' name. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. For the life of flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that make atonement for the soul. I'm going to read it again. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that make atonement for the souls. I want to talk about having faith in the blood. Having faith in the blood. There's a lot of people going around and they're telling people, this is what you have to do. They're telling people, you got to plead the blood. If you plead the blood and you put the blood here, you put the blood there, these things won't happen in your life. But there's a key dealing with the blood. And I want to talk about the blood of Jesus. We got to understand what his blood done. If we understand the importance of the blood, then some of these things that we're doing, we would not have to do when we understand what his blood has already done. When we understand what God is saying about the blood of Jesus, and when we understand it, we can have faith in it, and then we don't have to run from the enemy. We should already know that the enemy has already been defeated. We got everything that we need through Jesus Christ. So the first thing that we got to understand is there is life in the blood. Meaning that when someone loses blood, if they don't have a blood transfusion, they will die. So this is why they give people blood when their blood is very low because there's life in the blood. So when we look at this right here, this is dealing with the Old Testament. And 
We know um, Clem School. We've been talking about this, but God said we want to make this more real to let people understand. Quit doing what you're doing to get something from God. The blood has already done it. The blood has already provided everything that you need. Jesus' blood. So we know that there's a life that's in the blood. And as long as we have blood in our body, we have what? We have life. So he's saying there is life in the blood. So what he was saying, he said, I'm giving you a life for a life. Meaning that the only way that your sins can be atoned for. Now, atone means to cover. The only way your sins can be covered, atoned for, is through the blood. So we know there's life in the blood. The only way sins can be atoned for is through the blood. So this is what he was telling them. I'm giving you blood in order to save you because we know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So this is what they had to do in the Old Testament. We read the Old Testament, but we got to understand the Old Testament is showing us Jesus. So when we look at what they had to do in the Old Testament, he said, okay, we go back to Adam and Eve. We know that they were in paradise. We read this so much. Well, we got to understand the significance of what's happened even in paradise. We know that Eve got deceived. Adam um, took the fruit from Eve and both of them, Adam brought sin into the world. But even in the midst of what Adam did, I want y'all to catch this, God still had mercy. So that shows us that God still love us outside of us. So don't never let nobody tell you that God don't love you. So when Adam and Eve sinned and they put figs, um, fig leaves on them to cover themselves up because before they were naked. They didn't even know that they were naked. They didn't look at themselves as being naked. Only thing that they knew is that they lived in paradise. They were free from contamination. They were free from sin, sickness, or whatever. They were free from all of that. But this is what God did. He killed an animal. And that animal shed its blood on the behalf of Adam and Eve. And he took the skins of that animal and covered their nakedness, meaning that their sin was atoned for so they could still have fellowship with God. Then we go to their children. I'm going through the generation. We look at Cain and Abel, and y'all, we know what was going on with Cain and Abel. You know, they were brothers, and God was asking for a sacrifice. So Cain, he was a farmer. So what Cain did, he bought the first fruit of the land. So we know that when we give God our first, he's pleased, but that's not what God was looking for. But Abel, he took and killed a lamb. How did Abel know to kill a lamb? Because I believe that his mother and his father told him, this is what God done for me to cover up my sin so I can still be in fellowship with him. He covered up our nakedness. So this is what you got to do to approach God. So Abel, he took what they said to heart and he killed that lamb. And I want y'all to understand, you seeing a lamb without spot or blemish, a perfect lamb. And you looking at that lamb and you knowing for yourself that lamb it haven't done anything wrong. But that lamb is going to stand in my place. So God is saying, I want you to feel, Apostle, what I feel. I want you to know how I feel when I'm giving my very best. I want you to know how I feel when you spend time with someone and you got to let them go knowing they haven't done anything. So Abel took that lamb. 
He slew that lamb upon the altar and blood come down. So God saw the blood and that blood was covering Abel. But Cain, see, some, some of us are like Cain. We want to do it ourselves. We want to do things outside of God. So Cain said, I'm going to give you what I done. See, the lamb did it for Abel. Abel, only thing he had to do was follow God's instructions. But Cain said, no, I want to do it my way. So Cain bought him the fruit from the ground. But God was saying, that ain't what I told you to do, Cain. So Cain got upset with his brother. Y'all know what he did. He killed Abel. And God said, there's life in the blood. And he said, Cain, what have you done? I hear your brother's blood crying from the ground. So we know that he did opposite to what God told him because he was trying to work it out himself. And God is saying some of us in here still trying to work it out for ourselves when the blood was already shed on your behalf. So he tried to work it out for himself. Y'all know, then we go to Abraham. Y'all know what happened to Abraham when God was making a blood covenant with Abraham. He told Abraham what to get. Abraham had to, you know, kill that upon the altar. But the difference between this was God said, now, Abraham, here you are still trying to do something yourself. So he put him in a deep sleep. So then we go to Moses. Y'all know what happened to Moses? Moses was a deliverer. They were in Exodus. And he did all of these signs and these wonders. But it was one sign that was going to get the Egyptians' attention where the firstborn was had to die. But God told Moses, this is what I want you to do. Understand that God has someone that is over you that talks. He talks to them first, and then through them, you get instructions through them. This is why we have to make sure that we up under the right people that's teaching, and that's why you got to stay in your words. So Moses gave them instructions about the lamb, and he told them from every house you get a lamb. But if that house is too small, you share that lamb with another household. So that lamb was going to save what? That house. This is why it's so important. And I want y'all to know that when you're saved, your whole household can be saved through you. So don't lose hope just because you see people walking around here and they haven't it except Jesus. But if you know that you're saved, he said, I'll save your whole house because of that one lamb. So they took that lamb and they killed that lamb and it was blood, y'all, everywhere due to that lamb. He said, now I want you to put it on the top of the doorpost. And then I want to put you, let you put it on the sides. And that signified a cross. He said, so when the destroyer comes, when death come, oh, y'all better get it. It's going to pass you by. That's because of the blood. See, there's life in the blood. So we look at Moses, and then we go on, y'all, to Leviticus, and then they talking about the law. But I want you to understand the ones that I went over, they did it the way God told them to do it. They didn't have to have a priest in, y'all. They did it exactly like God told them to do it. But when the law came, Remember, they decided that they were going to do everything, keep all of God's commandments, and God knew that they couldn't do it. So God set up this system when he told Moses to make the tabernacle. He said, I want to dwell amongst my people. He said, but the only way that you can get to me, there must be a blood 
sacrifice. And you can't just give me any old thing. This sacrifice has to be perfect. There can't be any blemish in the sacrifice. So before that they can even come before God, they had to bring that animal. When they got to the gate with that animal, they got to that gate knowing that I'm going to be thankful because this could have been me instead of this animal. So that's why the Bible say we will enter his gate with thanksgiving in our hearts. See, we are so selfish. We don't even realize what the blood has done. We can't even get up in the morning and say, Lord, I just want to thank you because it could have been me, but I give you glory. So that's how you enter into the court with praise. You cannot even give God praise until you be thankful for what he's already done. So they're at the gate. But when they get to the gate, there's a priest. And that priest has to check what they're bringing before God. And as they check what they're bringing before God, they lay it upon the altar. Can you imagine again? There's an innocent animal. And I look at it like this. You know how we say Mary had a little lamb. His feet was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, that lamb was sure to go. Can you imagine a little white lamb? So beautiful. You fell in love with that lamb. Every day you was there with that lamb, being with that lamb. Jennifer, I know you know where I'm going because you love some animals. But you there, that lamb keeps you company. That lamb know your language. That lamb know everything that Jennifer would do and sometimes Jennifer be like, are you thinking like I'm thinking? Because that lamb will follow her everywhere she go. Even when she didn't want the lamb to go, the lamb was just right there at the door wanting to go with Jennifer. Because that lamb knew that love that Jennifer had for that lamb. But one day Jennifer had to bring that very lamb unto the gate and said, I'm giving you something I love so much. On my behalf. I'm going to give this lamb. Because I know this lamb means so much to me. But I'm willing to give this lamb. As a perfect sacrifice. I know the lamb is perfect. I know the lamb don't have no blemish. I know the lamb don't have no fault. I know the lamb ain't done nothing. It is me that done it. But I'm going to give the lamb. So she put her hands. On that lamb, on the head of that lamb, meaning that I'm identifying with you that you are going on my behalf. I'm identifying that it wasn't you that sinned. It was me. The lamb is innocent and they're going to take the knife and they're going to slit the lamb's throat. And there you are watching an innocent person, an innocent animal being killed. On your behalf and blood runs everywhere. See, some of us don't even imagine this. Because we don't even think. Oh, yeah, let them go. You know how you, you know you've done something, but you let somebody else take the blame. That's just how heartless we are. We know we committed the crime, but we let somebody else take the blame because we feel like I got more living to do. This is why when you come to the gate... You come to the gate with an open heart and saying, God, I know I done wrong. I know I don't deserve to live. 
See, you got to know this for yourself. You can't, um, you can hear it, but you got to know deep down inside, this should have been me. That's why you identify with that lamb. So that lamb is killed. So every time they had to bring a lamb before God, you know why they had to keep bringing them? Because sin was covered. It wasn't done away with. And the sin that was covered was dealing with their past. They knew what they'd done. But they didn't know about the present. They didn't know about the future. So they had to keep bringing these lambs. So this is what the law required. In order for your sins to be atoned for, there must be a blood sacrifice. So it was blood, blood, blood everywhere. It was blood and still it didn't do away with sin. Can y'all imagine in this room how many animals all of us in this room had to have for everything that we do? There would never be enough animals because some of us woke up this morning telling a lie. We went to bed with the lie. We woke up with the same lie. We living with the lie, but thank God for the blood of Jesus. See, this is how important his blood is. So we look in the Old Testament. This is what they had to do. But how many know God had a plan? He said, I'm showing you this is the only way that you can come to me. It's through the blood. And that blood had to be sprinkled upon the mercy seat. Once every year, that high priest had to go in there. See, a priest was involved. So you had to have an animal sacrifice. You had to have a priest. That was two things you had to have. But when God allowed, no, when Mary allowed Jesus to be conceived in her womb. See, the blood that um, came from, uh, that baby came directly from God. It wasn't stained. It wasn't contaminated. It was the blood that come from God. So it was pure. It was holy. So y'all remember John when he saw Jesus come and he said, behold, the lamb of God that's going to take away the sins of the whole world. That means that Jesus took away the sin. Sin ain't the problem, y'all. Sin has been dealt with, y'all. The only thing that's keeping people from heaven is rejecting what Jesus done on your behalf. But what I want to tell you about is we know there's life in the blood. We know sin had to be atoned for. But let me tell you something, y'all. There's forgiveness in the blood. The Bible said without the shedding of blood, there is no more remission for sin. That means forgiveness for sin. If blood was not shed, guess what? Sin would not have been done away with. There would not be any forgiveness. So when we know that the blood that was shed brought forgiveness for us, I want to ask you a question. Why are we holding unforgiveness with other people if we know what the blood done? Then the Bible said that the blood didn't only bring forgiveness, y'all, but it brought redemption. That means that a price had to be paid on our behalf. And Jesus paid that price by his blood. Have y'all, um, in the old, long time ago, used to have them S&H stamps where you get the stamps and then you get enough stamps and then you turn those stamps in to get a, a, a prize or whatever you get. That's what you call um, paying that price to get what you know you have earned. 
So Jesus paid the price for us. And this is why when we read in the Bible that our body is not our own, it's the temple of God and the price was already paid, we need to be giving God glory that Jesus paid that price on our behalf. We're his temple. And if you know we're his temple and the price has been paid, then why are we using this temple to do things where sin has been done away with? See, that's why people don't know about the blood. They don't know what Jesus done through the blood. Then it didn't only bring redemption, y'all, but it brought justification. That means that justified means just as I never sinned. That means I know I committed the crime, but because of Jesus' blood, I've been justified. I've been redeemed. I've been set free even though I know I was guilty. Because of that blood, I've been justified. I've been acquitted. Case have been closed. And I know what I've done, but because of the blood, I'm justified, y'all. I know Tanya in court. When you go before the judge and the judge um, acquit, is that what you call it? You be like, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute. Tanya, no, that got to be God because that ain't what the law says. That had to be God working with the judge because you should have gotten some time. See, this is what God did through Jesus. We've been justified. Not only has we been justified, y'all, we've been sanctified through the blood. That means that we have been made holy. That means we have been set apart, made fit for the master's use. So I ain't only redeemed, I'm justified, I'm sanctified, I'm made holy through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not only that, y'all, I've been reconciled to God because of the blood. That means that there is no more, I got peace with God because of the blood. Oh, y'all don't get it. Y'all, we have peace with God. We've been reconciled because of the blood of Jesus. So I have been redeemed. I have been justified. I have been sanctified. I have been reconciled. Look at all that I have because of the blood. You know what? We act like we don't have anything. It is because of the blood that I stand here today. It is because of the blood that you're here today. So when people tell you that you're nothing, this is when you say, hold up. Because of Jesus, I am who I am. It ain't because of me or what I've done or when I'm, I don't care what you do. You already justified. He already paid the price. So when you mess up, Jesus already done washed it away. Oh, is it? See, the enemy wants you to be so condemned. He wants you to feel like you're worthless, like you're never going to make it, like you're never going to succeed. But if you remember what the blood done, you will turn away from what you're doing. The blood. Can you imagine? You going on trial. And you know you're a murderer. You see the whole scene. What you did to that life. There's life in the blood. You can't even rest for what you've done to that person. You wake up with it. You lay down with it through the day. You see the whole scene over and over again. Now it's time for you to stand in front of that judge. Because you know at that time that I'm going to die because it's life for life. But as you're sitting there waiting... To get your sentence, 
Guess what, y'all? Someone stand up in the midst of the courtroom. And they said, I'm going to stand in their place so they can be justified. I'm going to stand in their place so they can be sanctified. I'm going to stand in their place so they can be redeemed. I'm going to take that charge so they can be acquitted. And they ain't done nothing. Who does that? I'm taking everything that they ever done, not only the murder, the lies, the fornication, the adultery, the sickness, everything. I'm going to take it on my behalf and I'm going to let them go free. Knowing that I'm an innocent bystander, I'm going to take all the charges upon me. This is why when we see the cross and everything that he done, It was blood in that scene. When they put those crown of thorns on his head, y'all, those thorns were very thick and very long, sticking in his head. Blood running down his head, all the way down his face. You know, I believe there was blood dealing with the head because he said, you have the mind of Christ. See, you have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. The blood covers your mind. So it shouldn't be an insane person in this room. Because the blood has covered insanity. The blood has covered schizophrenia. The blood has covered bipolar. The blood has covered Thomas. The blood has covered strokes. The blood has covered brain injury. The blood has covered all of these things. Started at his head. Blood everywhere. He's on the cross. Hands scratch wide. Nails wasn't in his hands. They were in his wrists. Blood everywhere on that cross. You know why I would believe that? It had to start with the hands because everything your hands touch, it's been purified. It's been cleaned through the blood because he knew you were going to touch some things you ain't got no business touching. Come on, don't thieves touch stuff and take stuff. So he knew it. So we're looking at this. That wasn't enough, y'all, but they took and pierced him in his side. Water and blood gushing out. That wasn't enough. Then they're going to pierce him, what, in his feet. So from the top to the bottom, there was nothing. It was a scene of blood like slaughter. But before all of that on the cross, he took 39 stripes on his back. And that was for our healing. He took all of that for us. And we're talking about what the blood has done. So I'm going to ask you this. If the blood has done all of that, then why are we going through what we're going through? Why are we still doing what we do if the blood done all of that for us? You know why we're doing it? Because we don't have faith in what the blood has done. See, the blood healed you. And if you know the blood has healed you, Jesus didn't take those 39 stripes for us to be sick. 
Jesus took those stripes so sickness and disease wouldn't have power and dominion over us. Jesus said, I'm taking every sickness and every disease, even the ones that they don't know nothing about. He said, I'm taking it upon myself. He said, so if I'm taking it, why are you taking something I already took? He said, you don't receive it because it don't belong to you. I took it upon myself. When we go back to Egypt, and he told them what to do. And I want to give y'all this right here. He told them when they put that blood upon that doorpost, he said, do not come out of your house. I'm going somewhere. When we have faith in the blood and what the blood has done for us, y'all, the destroyer, which is Satan, he passes us by because he know what the blood has done. So if I'm applying the blood, I ain't applying the blood, Miss Mary, to get nothing done. I apply the blood because I know what the blood done for me and tell the devil, you can't stop him because the blood done sanctified me. The blood has justified me. The blood has set me apart. The blood has redeemed me. So you got to pass me by. And if he get in my house, it's because I let down my guard on what he's already done. So that's how the devil get in. Because Jesus done away with sin through the blood. What can make me whole again? Do you believe that? What can wash away my? That's what we sing, right? But we holler and help. How can I holler help, apostle, when I know what the blood done? If I know that the blood is done, it's already done. So I don't have to sit in my house. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I know what the blood done. So if I apply the blood, I'm telling you I'm applying it because it's already done. I'm not applying it to get it done. I'm applying it because I know what the blood has done. The blood has redeemed me. The price has been paid. I'm no longer under the curse of the law. That's why Jesus said it is finished. My blood has finished it. That means it ain't going to happen again. He done away with sin once and for all. Y'all, this is what amazed me with Jesus. The priest apostle had to stand forever giving them sacrifices. But when Jesus made the one sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of the father. Because he knew it was finished. Why? He said, because my blood is on the mercy seat. Once and for all. So anytime Amanda mess up, my blood say, mercy God. Have mercy God. And God has mercy on me because of his son. So when I'm trying to do it myself, man, and trying to fix it, then I'm not believing that the blood has already done it. Teresa, when you keep trying to fix it, you don't believe that God has already saved your household. God has already done it through the blood. So anything we're still trying to fix, we're forgetting what the blood has already done. Those people had to shut the door. Now, this is faith in the blood. Julia, how many of us? I'm going to slap some blood 
on the door, Tanya. And shut the door and not go out there to see what's happening. We nosy folk. We're going to have somebody going to check it out to see what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Julia's you, going to be on the outside being nosy. Manny's going to be on the inside waiting. He's going to look for Julia and Julia dead. Why? Because Julia didn't trust in the blood. She out there trying to figure it out. Manny in the house saying it's already worked out. So I'm, I'm not going out because God told me what to do. Oh, y'all ain't getting it. God's word is true. So whatever his word says, that's what we're supposed to do. We don't supposed to be trying to figure it out or wonder how it's going to work. We're supposed to say, you said it. I'm only going by what you said. So I'm only going to do what you said. Give you another example. We talk about him all the time. Oh, Abraham, old man, Sarah, old woman. Finally, they had Isaac. Check this out. You get a son after 25 years. 25 years, you got your son. Now, God said, I want him. He said, I want you to give Isaac to me. Come on, y'all. One son. He said, I want Isaac. He said, now, Abraham, I want you to go to the place I tell you to go and sacrifice your only son. Abraham said, yes, Lord. So Abraham on his way to sacrifice his son. Can you imagine, apostle, you walking with your son and your son is saying, mama, where's the sacrifice? And he looks at his son and says, God will provide. See, that's how he had a relationship with God. He was taking God at his word. So his son kept going, shoot. If I was that son, I would have took off running and said, well, if God's going to provide, you don't need me. Come on, let's, we done done it. We already done it. Even in our finances, we'll tell somebody God is going to provide and the person you want to get the money from, they take off and say, you don't need me. So he stayed with his father. But then his father told the people that were coming with him, wait here. I love this. We'll be back. He didn't say me. He said, we will be back. That's how much God, um, Abraham knew God. How much do you know God? Then when God tell you to do something that don't seem like it's right or seem like it's crazy, you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it because you told me to do it. So they went up there. He had him laid out for the sacrifice. Had the knife. Can you imagine his son seeing his own father getting ready to take his life? But the angel of the Lord said, Abraham, don't you touch him. God knows that you love him more than you love your son. And he looked and there was a ram in the bush. So what is God saying to you today? God said, if you know about my blood, if you know what my blood has done for you, you wouldn't still be trying to do what you're doing to make things work in your life. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing outside of what the blood has already done. Y'all, Jesus didn't die for nothing. Everything he died for, he died on our behalf. So if you know you've been justified, you've been acquitted, why you want to go back into something that you've been acquitted from? Come on, I'm still talking about the courtroom because you have so many young folks in the courtroom. They get off. And once they get off, they feel like, 
okay, I ain't going to do it no more. Y'all know what we do. For a little bit, we don't do it no more because we, we feel like we're free, and we go tell people what we've done, and we ain't going to do it no more. But guess what? If your heart ain't changed, if you haven't truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you're going to go back to the same pattern that you always went back into. How do I know? Because it's young folks right now getting out of trouble. Then they start back doing stuff because they can't get jobs. So they say, I got to make it like everybody else. But y'all, this is why we're here. We're here to tell them what the blood done on their behalf. We're here to tell them you're going to make it outside of what society say about you. You are not who they say you are, but you who God say you were over 2,000 years ago. And he proved that by shedding his blood on your behalf, even before you come to this place, God made a way for you. That's our job. So if we're not telling people these things, how do we think people are going to get where they need to be? If we're putting people down and say, you ain't going to make it, you're going to always be like this. You're going to be like your mama. You're going to be like your daddy. If you want to waste your life, waste it. Come on. Jesus didn't say that to us. Jesus said, I lay down my life. He chose to give his life. Nobody made him lay it down. He laid it down for you when you were in your mess. When you were still doing what you were doing, Jesus died for you. So that's what we should tell other people. We should let them know about his death, burial, and resurrection. We should let them know what the blood has done. The blood has already acquitted you. The blood has already redeemed you. The blood has already paid the price for you. It's already been paid. You have already been sanctified. You have already been set apart, made fit from the master's use. But the way you tap into it is accepting what the blood has done, what Jesus have done. That's what salvation is about, the blood. Because it was blood that was shed. Without the shedding of blood, there is no more remission for sin. So whatever you need, if you remember what the blood has done for you, you would say, God, I thank you that that need was supplied over 2,000 years ago. In the natural, it don't look like God that is here, but I know supernaturally I have everything that I need. So God, I'm going to trust in the supernatural and not the natural. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they were because the blood has already supplied everything that I need. So I'm calling it forth right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I honor you. How do I honor you? Because I honor your word and I do what your word tells me to do. I don't do it to get nothing. I do it because that's the life I live now in you. The just shall live by faith. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So my faith is in supernatural, not natural. I don't look for the natural to give me anything when I know who I am. In God. What I mean is, God will take supernatural and He'll put it on the natural. And He'll let people know I'm taking the impossible and I'm making it possible to let people know that I am God. So God said, if you want things to turn around in your life, He said, you got to know what the blood done. You got to know what Jesus done on your behalf. Quit trying to make it work. 
and know that it's already worked on your behalf. The blood protects. When you're covered by the blood of what Jesus done, you already protected. There was a woman named Rahab. And Rahab, y'all know we went over this. She talked about, we already know the land is yours. They already know they were defeated dealing with the Israelites. So she was letting them know, we already know what belonged to you. We already know he's a God in heaven and he's a God here on earth. So she was asking them for protection. And this is what they told her. I want you to put a scarlet thread in your window. And when you put that scarlet thread in your window, you in your house. Y'all check this out. Rahab was the only one woman of God that spoke with them. But he said, this is what I want you to do. So Rahab was standing in the gap, not only for her, but for the whole house. See, the whole house didn't talk to them men. It was only Rahab who received the good news. But Rahab took the scarlet um, cord and put it in the window. So when they came in to destroy that city, that whole house was saved because of the blood. So what am I telling you? If you're saved, if you're born again, your whole house will be saved through you. So ain't no use of us trying to push stuff on people. The only thing we have to do is speak the word. Speak the word. Let the word do the work. Because once you give them the word, guess what? The word is going to, the Holy Spirit is going to release the power upon the word of God. So quit trying to plead the blood. Apply the blood. Putting it on your window seals. Doing all this stuff. Just believe in what the blood done. So when the enemy come in to accuse you. See he accuses us before God. Day and night. But the Bible say we overcome him. By the blood of the lamb. And by the word of our testimony. That means when I know what the blood has done. I speak the word because I know what the blood has done. And I am covered by the blood. So if you're going on this stuff that people are telling you, plead the blood, plead the blood. How can you plead something you don't know nothing about? How can you apply something you don't know nothing about? When you know what the blood done, you can say, I apply the blood to that. Because you're applying it because you know what the blood has done. You're not applying it to get it done. I apply it because it's already been done through Jesus Christ. He was the final sacrifice. Once and for all. Y'all, if we see, if we perceive, we already healed. We already delivered. We already have peace. We have, he didn't leave nothing out. You know why he didn't leave it out? Because Jesus said, God, I walk the earth. I know what they go through down here on the earth. So Jesus said, I went through it on their behalf. That's why my blood is on that mercy seat, crying mercy, mercy, mercy. So every day you get up, you got new mercy. God give you new mercy. You may messed up on yesterday, but God said, I'm giving you new mercy today. See, this is why we repent 
have a change of heart and a change of mind. We confess our sins, not because we don't believe that all of our sins have been taken care of. We confess it. We put it out there before the enemy to say, you know what, Father, what I did, I know it was wrong. Forgive me for what I've done because you ain't given Israel to the enemy. You're confessing it because you know God has already put it under the blood. See, anything that you confess, you turn in from it. You have a change of mind. How does my mind change through the word of God? This is the key. If you ain't in your word, you're going to keep doing the same thing you always done. You're going to go back to the same pattern. Do you know when people try to change, when they get real sick and they're at death door? Oh, all of a sudden they're so humble. They're ready to hear everything you say. They're on the front row now. They're letting people wheel them. They're, on the, they, they're trying to get all they can get now. But then when they tell them, you know, you okay, next thing you know, you don't see them no more. They go back to the same thing they always gone back to. Y'all, I don't play with God. We don't play with God. We have to take our, don't take your life for granted. When you look around in the room, you may see one and you may not see them again. But the question we may ask is, did we give them the plan of salvation? Did they know Jesus as their Lord? We wasting too much time. Y'all, it's young folks dying daily. And then the thing with them dying, they putting them in heaven and they lived hell here on earth. Don't go to church, in gangs, cussing, doing every kind of thing. And now they're saying, I'll see you in heaven. Because they want to feel good. It's time for us to let people know. This is what the blood done for you. We have to go out and proclaim this gospel. We have to be the ones that know, do, hear, and do. Don't hear it and don't do it. We spend our times in our houses watching as the stomach turns, watching Lifetime, give me some soda, let's go get something to eat, and people are dying. It's time for change. It's time for us to rise up. And be who we say we are. Y'all, the blood never, ever loses its power. And I want to say this. When we go into communion, we have to remember this. We don't take communion lightly. We don't take communion to get nothing from God. We take communion to bring us into remembrance on what God has already done. Meaning that when I take of that bread... And you break that bread. You know that his body was, was beaten on our behalf for our healing. So when I take it, I'm thanking God. I said, I'm doing this in remembrance of what you've done on my behalf. When you drink that grape juice, you're looking at it as his blood, the blood that was shed for the remissions of sins. You cannot take this communion if you're not saved. You cannot take communion if you're not saved because you're not having respect for what Jesus have done. And you cannot take this communion with any unforgiveness, any strife, or anything in your life that don't line up with the word of God if you're born again. Why? Because you're taking it unworthy. You're not acknowledging what he done. So don't just eat, take it because you're hungry. You're taking it because you say, God, I'm doing it in remembrance of you. So every day we should commune. 
Every day we should take the bread. We should take the grape juice because we're saying, God, this is reminding me that I've been redeemed, that I have been reconciled to you. It's reminding me that I have been justified. It's reminding me that I have been made righteous through the blood. It's nothing that I have done, but it's all and what Jesus have done on my behalf. So I'm taking this because I know what the blood has done. And the more that you take it and you commune with God, that when the devil come in and be an accuser of the brethren, you can say, devil, I ain't got time for your mess because I know who I am in him. He don't see me. He see the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is against you. So when he know you know about the blood, that's when those forces are going to come on even stronger. But the more you stay in the word of God and allow the word to wash you. See, the word is what cleanses you. Y'all don't understand how people can be stinking and won't go get a bath. You know why? I, I tell you why. Some people be stinking so bad, they get so immune to it, they'll sit right beside you smelling and act like they took a bath because they're immune to that scent. This is how it is with born-again people. They get so immune to lying, to fornicating, to committing adultery, to doing everything that the Bible tells you that Jesus died for, they think it's normal and this is a part of life. No. Because when you know what the blood has done for you and these things pop up and try to come at you, you go get you a bath. You go into the word of God and hear what the word of God says about what you're doing and you get cleansed from that mess. People be saying, oh, God still love you. Go ahead and do the do. He still loves you, but what's happening when you're doing the do, you're stinking. You're stinking. You're not protected. You're not protected. You're letting the enemy do what he want to do, bring on diseases. AIDS is a disease, y'all. Have a good time all you want. But when the AIDS try to come up on you, yeah, you call on Jesus then. Yes, you will. You'll serve him with all your heart and somebody else's too. That's why Jesus did away with all this stuff. I love you, babe. I love you. Love don't cure them AIDS like that. Oh, it's the truth. The blood, guess what the blood did? Jesus' blood washed away AIDS. He said, if I washed it away, why do you want to bring something back I cured? Why do you want to step into something that I took upon my... Y'all got to understand what I'm saying. Why do you want to waddle in the dirt? He said, when you're clean. See, this is why the priests, they had to go before that laver and they had to wash. They saw a reflection of themselves and they said, I can't go before God unclean. That's why they had the water there to wash because they couldn't go no farther until they washed their hands and their feet. Why didn't they wash their body? Because they were already clean. But their feet went somewhere they shouldn't have went. Their hands touched stuff they shouldn't have touched. They're doing service for the Lord. So I can't do service for the Lord doing something else for the devil. I can't serve two masters. So I got to go in the word of God and get washed and get cleaned and get set apart and be made pure by the word of God. I got to take my mind and renew. This is who I am. 
now that I'm in Christ. Evangelist Newton, the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. People should see the behold, not the old. It's too many people saying, oh, how I love Jesus. And they're saying what grace have done. If you know what grace have done, you wouldn't be doing what you used to do. You wouldn't be talking like you used to talk. It's no way I can stay in that word 24-7 and treat my husband like he ain't my husband. There's no way. When you come out of that word, the Bible says, the word of God gives life. He said the spirit quickens. That means it gives life. The flesh profit you nothing. Why do we leave that out in the Bible? The flesh profit you nothing. The flesh can't give you nothing. It's worthless. But it says the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So y'all, every time I get into the word of God, I'm receiving the life of God. I'm going to tell you what's happening, dealing with blood. Remember how we say the blood cleanses? So when I get into the word of God, And I begin to decree and declare that word. The blood of Jesus is running warm in my veins and it's cleansing and it's washing everything that I ever done that I should not have done. The blood is still cleansing. The blood never loses its power. See, I don't have no contaminated blood on the inside of me. I have the pure blood of Jesus. And in order for that blood to do what it need to do, it takes the word. And if you ain't in that word, How in the world can you say you know him? He is the word. Y'all, you you can be saved, but apart from the word, you're going to be living just like a sinner. It takes the word for you to change your mind about me. (laughs) It takes the word for you to change your mind about anybody. Because see, a person that's stubborn, they don't want to hear what nobody got to say. But the moment they open up the word of life, it brings life to you. It shows you you've been justified. You've been acquitted. You've been sanctified. You've been made holy. You've been set apart. So that ain't you. This is who you are. You're a new creation. So live like that new creation. Talk like that new creation. Yo, it is time to uproot everything that God has not planted. God said, everything that I have not planted shall be uprooted. And you know how it's uprooted? By the word of God. So if a person has false doctrine, if people are telling you it's okay to be saved and live like you lived before, tell me what translation is telling you that. It ain't the King James. So when you go into the word, it don't take you long to call somebody and say, you know what? Forgive me. I shouldn't have said what I said. I was out of order. End of discussion. It shouldn't take you two, three weeks to beg somebody pardon. It shouldn't. Because the life that you get through the word ain't going to let you live like that. The truth is what, knowing the truth, is what make you free. If you want to be free, and I mean free indeed, it takes truth. 
You cannot do anything apart from the truth. If your heart is still hardened, it's because you ain't been in truth. When you get in truth, your heart will begin to soften up. Some people don't want their heart to soften up. They want to be a bully. They want people to really like them for who they are. Oh, so-and-so coming. You better move it. That's right. I'm coming in the house, and you're supposed to be saved. No, see, a real Christian, they humble themselves even in the midst of adversity. They know they're talking about them, but they still humble before God. Because you know why? I'm justified. I've already been acquitted. I only have to answer that. I'm set apart. I have been redeemed. And the Bible say, let the redeemed of Thea say so. So if I've been redeemed, I'm saying I've been redeemed. I'm knowing I've been redeemed. And it ain't nothing I've done because the Bible says, by, by grace you're saved through faith. And guess what? And it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works that we should boast. See, it's nothing that we should boast on. But we should be giving God glory for what he's already done. It's time to let go and let God. If we're going to be saved, y'all, let's be saved for real. Quit making excuses for what you do. Because anything outside of God's word is sin. It's sin. If Jesus done away with it, I want to ask you the question. If he done away with sin, why are we still living in sin? That's the question. Either we're going to turn away from it or we're going to serve it. Because whomever you serve, that's whom you have yielded your members to. So I'm asking you today, do you have faith enough in the blood to say, God, it's not about me no more. It's all about what he's done. It's not about what I want to do, how I want to do it, or who I want to be with. I'm laying down my life because I know you laid down your life for me. Everything that I desire to do, y'all come on, our thinking sometimes can be stinking. Everybody know when they have thinking, stinking thinking. You have to cast that stuff down and say, oh no, the blood has washed that away. The blood has made me clean from that. I have the mind of Christ. So anything that don't line up, you get rid of it. But in order to know what, well, you already know. The laws are already in your heart. You already know right from wrong. You already know what you should be doing and what you shouldn't. This is what's happening. Soul ties. Anytime you attach to somebody, you create soul ties. That means until you break those soul ties, you're going to still have that attachment. This is why before a man and woman come together, they're supposed to be married. Because when you come together outside of marriage, whatever they're dealing with, you're going to deal with it. Because you done married them. Born again people now. You got to be careful what you're doing because whatever God tell you not to do, he tell you that for a reason. And this is why. When people come together outside of marriage, children are involved. And then you find out, I don't want to be with that person. So that child is without a father. Might be without a mother because some mothers give the kids to the fathers. So that house is broken up. That's not the way God want it to be. 
So when we do stuff outside of marriage, it affects our children. And this is what happens with the woman. And God is bringing this up for a reason. In the womb, while the baby's in the womb and the mother's having hate for the man that she was with, the baby is getting all of that drama from the mama. When the baby come out, the baby come out in a way the baby shouldn't come out feeling rejected, hearing curse words, cutting the fool at an early age, and you not understanding why the baby like the baby was, is because you carried the baby in the womb. You spoke all those negative things over that baby. The baby was attached to you. What you hear, they hear. What you eat, they eat. So when that baby come out, we wondering why this baby act like this. If a baby's in a calm environment, a loving environment, you're going to notice that child. You're going to notice how that child act, how that child carry herself. If the mother was selfish carrying the child, the baby was going to come out selfish. If the mother was fearful, children will come out fearful. How I know both of mine come out that way. Wouldn't even stay in the room by themselves because I was scared. Why was I scared? Because I grew up with somebody that was scared. So it passed on from me to my children. So I had to teach my children. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but the power of love and a sound mind. When Jeremy was about six, Ariel was about what? Well, Jeremy had to be older. I'll never forget dealing with fear. Jeremy would ask Ariel to go with him in the back. She that little. He was scared. I knew where it come from. It come through me. So I had to deal with that at an early age with my son. Then my daughter, same thing. Why? Because I carried them in fear, fear of different things happening. So what am I telling you today? You don't just have sex just because it feel good. You better understand what that mean while you're laying there feeling good. For a moment, it feels good, but when that woman leave you or that man leave you, your heart is so broken and so shattered, people are killing themselves over relationships because you got so much soul ties with them that had it, has not been broken. I'm telling you, y'all, this is truth. Y'all better talk to these young folks. This is serious, and don't be saying, well, one day they're going to get married. It's going to be too late. Because they should have knew the truth before they got married. Now you can't get rid of that Jezebel. You knew she was controlling and dominating before you married her. Now, mama, that's who you chose to marry. You better seek Jesus. You got to let him go through Jezebel. We got some Jezebels in the room right now. Hide. Be nice until you get in their business and they rise up. And men doing all they can do to keep peace in their home. Can't go nowhere right now. I'll call you back later, man. Who you talking to? Baby, I ain't talking to nobody. Your little Ahab. You ain't going nowhere, you hear me? Yeah, baby, I hear you. You know I ain't going nowhere, baby. You married her. And the only way you can deal with Jesse. It's through the word. Flesh don't deal with flesh. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, y'all. We are wrestling against the demonic. So the only way you can deal with the demonic is through the word of God. Don't wait for no woman to calm down and she cooking you a meal. Don't eat it. 
See, someone be nice and gonna cook you a meal and act like nothing ain't happening. Both bipolar done scrub. See, some of them so nice to you. Y'all know what I'm talking about, men. All of a sudden, they done curse you out, done hurt your feelings. And then tell me, come on, sit down, baby. I cook you some food. No, I'm not hungry. <laughs> Already had some spiritual food up in here. See, y'all better understand that y'all laughing. But this is serious business. This is what the enemy is, is using. He would allow somebody to step up on you. They so pretty. They got the best shape. They so nice. They just love on you. And all of a sudden you get in that relationship and it's hard to get out. They're bowling rabbits in a pot. I'm telling you the truth. That's why you need Jesus. Before you get into these relationships, you need Jesus. You've been alone so long, you grab anything that want to be grabbed. And once you make that connection, you're piling stuff up on you. And then you got to deal with this depression, this oppression, these soul ties, shoulda, coulda, woulda, and then you tow up and they going on to the next victim. And the enemy going to keep using them until he can't use them no more. What am I saying? We had a young boy commit suicide over a girl. What kind of mess is that? Soul tides. But when we let them know what the blood has done, the blood would cure anything. Jesus didn't die in vain, y'all. It's time to be honest with ourselves and say, who am I with? Whom am I really serving? Because we don't put some stuff under the rug. And we want people to say we saved for real. But deep down inside, we don't even know we saved no more. Because we're doing stuff undercover. Come on, you can come into church all day long. But if you ain't doing what the word is telling you to do, and you just come into church. Because when you come into church, the house of God, you're supposed to leave with change. You're supposed to leave and say, I don't want my life this way. This is not the way it should be because this is what the word of God told me today. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so you will know and prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. You will never know until your mind is renewed. The spirit is what became born again. Your soul didn't. So your soul got to be renewed so you can connect with the spirit so your body will follow. And if you ain't in your word, your body is following the soul and the soul is following the mind, the will, and the emotions of the flesh. So it's time for us to renew, y'all. Don't just come to church. Get into the Bible. See what the Bible has to say. God told me the other day. He said, my word don't change. He said, when you do what my word tells you to do, don't wait on change. You know that it's change. And praise me in advance. Don't wait to praise me when you hear something good. Praise me even when you don't know. So God is saying, praise me now. Give me glory now for what I already done. When we know it's already done every day, we should be saying, thank you, God. It's already done. Thank you, God. I have everything I need because of the blood. I'm not waiting on nothing because I already have it. If you waiting on man to tell you you all right, they'll tell you all right on Monday, go back home Friday, they say, well, something wrong. Come on, let's just be honest. You all right on Monday, Sister Go back on Friday. Well, for some reason... This right here popped up. Well, when did that pop up? Well, 
I didn't see it before. Well, let's try this. But when God say, he ain't going to change his mind. So that's why we got to know about the blood, y'all. The blood never, ever loses his power. The blood has done everything for us. So we need to start speaking about the blood. And the more we start speaking about the blood, that's when we're applying the blood because we know what the blood has done. The blood healed, delivered, protected. It has set the captives free. Y'all, we're free. And as long as you're here on this earth, the enemy's going to make you feel like you're not free. But when you know that you're free, you don't go on what he's saying. You go on what the word of God has already said. Amen. Athea, I need the blood. Hallelujah. How many know today that the blood never loses its power? Whatever you're going through today, guess what? It's been over with. Over 2,000 years ago. Even though something show up at your door, you can say the blood already done took care of that. The blood never loses its power. It didn't lose it then and it ain't losing it today. Because if God said it, God has already did it. He's already honored it. It's already mine. So I receive what already belonged to me. Quit letting people tell you you got to do something to get something. Only thing I had to do was accept what he's already done. Believe it and receive it. And now it's mine. Amen. Come on, let's honor the blood today. Hallelujah. The blood never ever loses its power. Let's thank him for the blood, y'all. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> 